What up, y'all? It is your favorite pastor, Pastor Jonah, back at it again. And today, this message is entitled Commitment. And I'm going to start with a scripture reading, Luke 14, starting in verse 25. And it says this, a large crowd was following Jesus and he turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, pause right there. Notice something. A large crowd was following him, but none of those people in that crowd were considered his disciple. And we'll find out why. Continue. If you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your mother, your father, your wife, your children, your brother, your sister, yes, even your own life. Pause again. When Jesus says hate everyone, he's using strong language, but he doesn't want you to hate people. He's basically saying... You can't love these people more than you love me. You can't be more committed to these things and these people and yourself more than you are committed to me. Continue. And he says, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. The cross is the burden of commitment. The cross is the burden of commitment. But don't begin to count the cost. I mean, don't begin until you have counted the cost, rather. For who would begin a construction of a project without calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might only complete the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you, and they would say, there is a person who started building but could not afford to finish it. So understand something. Following Jesus will cost you something. Being a disciple will cost you something. Doing these things require a commitment, which is the theme of my sermon today. Question, have you guys ever been a part of a, a sports team? Or maybe you joined a school play. Or maybe you worked a job before. If you have, you know what it is to be committed. Uh, there's a commitment required to be a part of those things. If you join a soccer team, you have to be committed to going to the practices. You got to be committed to the trainings. You got to be committed to keeping a certain grade average. You got to be committed... And if you're going to work, right, you got to be committed to, you know, coming in on time, staying the whole ship, showing excellence. Sometimes you got to do these things even while you're hurt. Sometimes you got to go to the big game when you're not feeling it. Understand, it's a in life, you must be committed if you want to succeed at anything. It should not surprise anyone that we need to have commitment when it comes to being a Christian. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you must be committed to doing the will of God. And there's more to commitment than simply going to church and going to youth group. There's more to it. There is prayer. There is understanding the word. There is working on your flaws. These are part of the, the process of being a Christian. You got to be committed to these things as well. Going to church alone and not applying the word or doing anything else. It's a lot like going to the gym and not working out, right? There are people who literally will go to a gym, which is a great place to start, but they won't actually do anything at that gym, and but they expect to see results. I know it's crazy, but some people live like that. But the reality is, if you want to see the results at the gym, you have to go there at least four days a week. And while you're there, you have to work out. You have to lift weights. You have to hit different muscle groups. You know, you have to, you have to diet. You know, there's, there's a, 
like all these things combined will get you those results. It's not just about going to the gym. And it's the same way being a Christian. There are things that we have to do in combination with going to church that are going to give us the results that we're looking for. The results of being a real Christian, a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And another thing we got to understand, too, about being a Christian is that being a Christian is a lifelong commitment, too. You know what I'm saying? When you're a Christian, you're in it for life. It's not something you can do casually. It's not something you can do one day and then not do and take like days off. You got to be a Christian every day. It's almost like a marriage. And when a person gets married, they're making a, a commitment because they, in their mind, they think this is the person I'm going to be with all my life. And when they do so, they don't plan on leaving. Even when things like you get married, believing that even when things get hard, you're going to stick it out and and work on the issues. You're not going to get a divorce every time there's an argument. And that's the level of commitment we are signing up when we sign up to be a Christian. But one thing I'm starting to realize about a lot of people, though, is that commitment does not mean a lot to them. A lot of people will break their promises because it inconvenienced them. You know, we all know people like this, people who say they're going to meet you at church, people who say they're going to meet you at the gym, but they give you a time and a date, but when that time and date come, they're nowhere to be found. They say that they forgot, like they send you a text five minutes after like, oh yeah, bro, I can't, I have something I forgot about, my bad. They were not people of their word. Or sometimes maybe you'll start a business. Maybe you, you'll sell cookies. Maybe you'll sell knitted sweaters. I don't know. You're, you're selling something now. You got a friend that hypes you up, tells you, you know, they're going to support your business. Say they're going to buy certain things, but when it when you start your business, they don't buy anything. They don't even buy the cheapest price item that you have for sale because they weren't somebody of their word. Or maybe you lent someone some money. You know, you lent them 30 bucks. They said they're going to pay you back next Tuesday. Next Tuesday comes and they don't have the money for you. In fact, when you see them, when you're in the same area as them, they try to act like they don't even see you. They try to act like you don't exist because they're not going to give you your money because they were never people of their word. And that is a big pet peeve of mine because I was raised differently. I was taught that when you, that your word was your bond, when you say something, you had to do it regardless of how you felt. You know what I'm saying? I remember once I made this promise to my youth that I was going to be at their soccer game. And I had procrastinated and put it off and put it off until one day my youth, one Sunday my youth's like, Jonah, you know, my soccer season's almost finished. Are you going to be at my game like you said? And I said, of course I'm going to be at your game like I said. But what I didn't realize was that last game, was way out of town. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't within that five to 10 mile radius. So I had to like drive to a further away town to go to this kid's soccer game. And then on top of that, it was raining. I real, I learned that time that people play soccer even in the rain. So I was out there with my umbrella, cheering this kid on in the rain, something I normally would not be doing. But because I said I was gonna be there, I was there for that kid's game. 
And that's a level of commitment we have to have when it comes to God. Commitment is not always easy. Sometimes it can be extremely inconvenient to commit to God. Sometimes you want to work a certain job because the money is good, but it happens during church time. Or sometimes you want to get into a relationship with that person, that that hot person, you know. But you know at the end of the day that they are not a person that your youth pastor would approve of. They're not a person that is willing to come to church with you. I'm going to tell you straight up, if they don't want to come to church with you, you don't need it. You want to be the, like I remember I used to have this one youth where every time they got into a relationship, their church attendance would go down. Don't be that person. Be the person who brings your date to youth group. And if they refuse to come, leave them. Because you don't need a person that's not going to help you in your commitment to God. So yes, it can be inconvenient. But that is the cross that Jesus asked us to bear. Will you commit to him even when it's hard? And we need to show God the same level of commitment we show everything else in life. In fact, let me scratch that. We need to show God more commitment because God, your commitment to God should be the number one commitment in your life. You know what I'm saying? Nothing should take the place over your commitment to God. Because Jesus said, if you are more committed to your family and other things, you cannot be my disciple. That's what Jesus said. I'm paraphrasing. And, and I know people think that God would require less commitment out of us because he knows our heart. And a lot of times we make these commitments, we really don't mean it. And we just assume that God understood that when we made our commit. But when we made our commitment to God, he took it seriously. He took our commitment extremely seriously. And it would be wrong to rock out on your commitment to God. And that's one thing I've been realizing. A lot of people are afraid to commit to God because they they feel like they're not going to be able to keep their commitment. But let me tell you something. First off, never be afraid to commit to God. Now, does God want perfection? You know what I'm saying? Because God has like rules that we need to follow. Does God want us to follow all those rules? Yes, he does. He wants us to live holy. You know what I'm saying? He wants us to live by his standards. That's a part of the commitment. However, if we come up short of perfection, God will still work with us. God wants perfection, but if we come up short, he will work with us. And we see this in the scripture because the disciples were not perfect. Peter was not perfect. Judas was not perfect, obviously. James was not perfect. John was not perfect. You know, all the disciples had to get rebuked by Jesus. He rebuked them for not having faith. He rebuked them for not understanding things. He rebuked them when they made a mistake sternly and he corrected them. But you notice something that through the process of commitment, they grew into the people they were supposed to be. So sometimes you cannot be as perfect as you are required to be, but you can give your best. And you can give your best. When you're struggling to be to when you're struggling against sin, you may be struggling, but you can still give your best. The Bible even says it's like, after all, you have not given your life in your battle against sin. So if you are still alive, you still have some you still have more you can give as long as you're alive. 
And really, to give your best is all that we really can do. You know what I'm saying? Because we are naturally, like we do have weaknesses. But when we give God our best, he blesses it. He, he gives us strength in our weakness. So let's just say you can't pray for an hour. No problem. But you can pray for 15 minutes at least. Let's just say you have trouble reading your Bible. Okay, but you can read a sentence. You can read a paragraph. You know what I'm saying? You can read a chapter. You can listen to the Bible audio. You know what I'm saying? You can listen to sermons. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us would assume because we can't give God perfection, we have nothing to give him. And that's okay, but that's actually wrong. You can give God your best. You can give God your best. And when you give God your best, it gets better. When you give God your best, it gets better. Another thing I noticed is that people don't want to commit because they, when they come into Christianity, they do it with the wrong attitude. They they do it thinking about all the things God can do for them. They don't plan on ever, you know, being committed to God. Uh, it's all about what God could do for them. It's never occurred to them that God has desires, that he has feelings, that he is a person who is worthy of praise and worship. It never, it never occurs to people that he is someone that you need to honor with your life. You know, Mother's Day was uh, a Sunday ago. The point of Mother's Day is like a day where we don't, where we consider our mother, where we think about our mother and do things to bring joy to her life. And that's what we do is, you know, we, we celebrate our mothers, we celebrate our fathers, but sometimes we forget to celebrate God. Sometimes we forget that God has desires, the things that he wants from us, and, then, and we just never consider that. You know what I mean? And and, and one thing I've been learning is like, uh, in this culture... A lot of people are lovers of self. That's what it says in the scripture. It says in the last day that people will be lovers of selves. In other words, they'll be selfish. Everything is about them. You know what I'm saying? Everything's about benefiting them and not benefiting others. We got to watch out for that trap because it's like something that's in the culture. However, we're not supposed to be like that. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. So to be committed to God, we cannot be selfish. We have to humble ourselves, thinking less about yourself and more about others and more about the things of God. You know, we really got to humble ourselves sometimes, you know, because if we were not careful, we could easily be selfish, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just the way our culture teaches us how to think. So the point of all this is I want you guys to understand commitment means something to God. And Jesus was committed to God unto death is what the word says. And, and we got to follow that example like him. I'm not saying that our commitment to God is going to lead us to death. Most of us will not, but that's the level of commitment. It's like joining the army. When you join the army, you are giving your life up 
to the government. And that's the way it is when you're being a Christian. When you're being a Christian, you're giving your life up in a commitment to God. And G, like, if we're not committed, we're failing. If we're not committed, we're not growing. If we're not committed, we're not reaping the harvest. Because the harvest goes to those who do not faint. It says, if you do not faint, you will reap a harvest. But a lot of us give up because, like, it gets hard sometimes and we give up. Don't be like that. Keep trying. Never give up. If you've given up, get back into the game. You still have time. You still have time to get back into the game. You know, Jesus would rather have a small group of committed people than thousands of followers. Because those who are committed, those are people we can work with. Those are people we can use. He can trust. He can depend on them. And that's the plan for us, that we would be dependable, that we would be useful. You know what I'm saying? And don't just assume because we are youth that we have less to give. You know what I'm saying? We may not be able to commit on the same level as an adult just because, you know, what what we can do as kids is limited. However, we can give something. Youth have time. You know what I'm saying? Like our like even when we're even like kids, right? There's still stuff that kids can do. Kids can wash dishes. Kids can maybe mow lawns. Kids can do laundry. Kids can clean their room. There's something that they can contribute to the household. And that's how it is with youth. There's something you can contribute. So don't 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 be useless to God. Be be useful and be committed. When we commit to give God our best, understand we're not doing this alone. You have a youth group. You have a youth pastor who's here to help you. You have other youth who are walking alongside you. You have an all-star team of youth leaders who are here to help you and guide you and disciple you. We're not doing this alone. So does God want a commitment from us? 100% he does. But when you commit to God, there's power in that. You know what I'm saying? When you commit to God, God sees that you are serious and he gives you what you need to help you in that commitment. He's not going to allow you to fail in your commitment. That's, God is not going to allow you to fail in your commitment. Amen.